Welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. This is me, your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time watching, welcome. If not, welcome back. Like I always say, if you ever wanted to reach out to us, hit us up on our DMs on our Twitter or Instagram at the Big Mark Pod or at the Big Mark Podcast. Uh, if you ever wanted to donate to the podcast, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Big Mark Pod. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the notifications and make sure you subscribe to our channel and uh, so you know when the next videos are coming and tell a friend if you if you like the podcast, share it and uh, and we'll grow. Like I always say, we'll double the podcast overnight if you all just tell one friend. Anyway, again, thanks for listening. And, you know, I, I was uh, um, with my new job, been loving it. I, um, I'm have a little bit more extended drives when I was when I was doing the beer sales it was a little bit more shorter trips here to here you know stopping at a lot of places now I have a little bit more of an extended drive to work and I'm I'm back on listening to uh, audiobooks and I'm really excited when I was doing deliveries it was nice to listen to audiobooks but now um, I'm back listening to them on the drive-in and honestly and drive back, honestly. Uh, but it's been really great, like getting back into them. And I have this weird proclivity with with audiobooks, or honestly, doing a lot of things. That's why I, I mean, maybe it's why I like doing a podcast. But that's why I like podcasts. Some are silly, and you know, don't have any real. You don't really learn much, but there's something about them being real. And, you know, even the ones that are off the cuff, they're, they're honest, but, um, you know, I, I, as much as I love television and movies and things like that, you know, I really like documentaries and again, when I'm, when I'm driving as much as I love listening to music, I also like kind of getting something out of my time. I don't know if it's something like that or using my time wisely or something like that, but I like learning things and filling my brain with useless knowledge so then I can pass it back on to you folks. That's what it's all about. Uh, but um, I I usually listen to nonfiction stuff when I'm listening to audiobooks or, you know, like I said, watching documentaries or or even reading reading a lot of books. A lot of the books I like are nonfiction. Um, or even like the Dan Brown series that I love. You know, it's like historical fiction or like fiction that's actually based in some fact, right? So anyway, um, so I listened to, like, if you are a fan of the podcast or if this is your first time listening, go check out a couple um, podcasts ago I listened to, uh, or or I the the topic we, we cover is Operation Paperclip, but I listened to a, a, an audio book called Operation Paperclip, and that's what kind of, you know, sparked me to do that episode. And, um, again, that being completely nonfiction and I was kind of looking for other World War II books. So I, I was a little bit, you know, I kind of got a little bit of the, of the bug and, um, I found this one book that I thought was nonfiction, but it actually turned out to be fiction and it was like based in real events. Like I remember reading this story called, um, 
a cue for treason and it's kind of in the Shakespearean times and Shakespeare's in it peripherally and it's during that time period, but the, the characters aren't actually directly involved. It's kind of very similar to that where it's World War II, there's real events happening and the timeline is correct and, and the powers that be are the right people, but the actual characters in the novel um, are, are made up. So it's, it's, it's a work of fiction, but again, um, based in, in reality or in, in the true, in true history. Um, it's a book called Project 1065, um, and it's written by Alan, Alan Gratz. Um, it's basically right at the height of World War II. Uh, the main character's name is Mike, Michael O'Shaughnessy, classic Irish kid. Uh, he's 13 years old, and he's the son of the Irish ambassador to Nazi Germany. So his father, his mother, and himself, they all live in Berlin, and they all happen to be spies. So during World War II, Ireland was more or less claiming to be neutral, but they weren't acting like they were neutral. They were acting on the side of the Allies. And they kind of used that position of neutrality to their advantage. Um... Again, like I said, this book isn't, you know, the characters in this, in this novel aren't necessarily true. But again, the, the events are real. And there were lots of Irish spies around. Um, and Michael O'Shaughnessy, being 13 years old and a child in, in Berlin, joins the Hitler Youth. Anyone who's listening to the podcast who doesn't know who the Hitler Youth are, they're essentially the Boy Scouts, but for like the, the Nazi party. Um Eventually, as the war kind of progressed, they basically became the junior Gestapo and they were actually responsible for like weeding out a lot of people. And again, you know, uh, in the book, they mention, you know, the best spies and the best infiltrators are women and children because people don't always suspect them. So a lot of times Germany used these these kind of young young kids to their advantage. Um, and obviously when Mike Michael joins the Hitler youth. He has to kind of, you know, play their reindeer games, so to speak. You know, he has to, there's weird fighting games that they do and all this bullshit hierarchy stuff, obviously book burning and shit like that. And obviously he's against all of it, but because of his position being, being the son of, of these spies slash, um, you know, the ambassador to, to Germany, he has to act a certain way and in certain circumstances he he's like trying to save his own life because if he doesn't go along with what what's going on you know people are getting fucking shot and beat up and killed left and right so he kind of knows he sadly has to play the part um michael eventually finds out more about a secret nazi mission uh that's titled project 1065 and uh he ends up having to risk his life to get get that info back to his parents so that they can get it to London. Um, and essentially, like I said, he has to prove himself so much to these Hitler youth. Like they're, they're his life is on the line with, the, with these other, with these other kids, because essentially that's like the whole thing. They're like meant to be these little rats and supposed to like weed people out and shit. And he's already Irish. Um, and you know, the Germans aren't taking kindly to anyone who's not German. Or Aryan, for that matter. Um, it is it, the the book in general is a really interesting and intriguing insider glimpse into the Hitler Youth. Um, 
I think Alan Alan Gratz really did a good job at kind of putting the reader kind of in the position of of someone that's in the, in the Hitler Youth again. Those times, and I'll touch on this later, but those times, you know, in in late thirties and into the into World War Two in in Germany were were such a strange time where I feel like a lot of people's morals were were kind of put to put to the test bent broken whatever you want to say because so many people were getting killed senselessly and so many people were were being mistreated and sent to camps and this and that you know it's hard to say you know where you draw the line with morality right you know if if you're if you're lying or if you're doing something to save your family or yourself like maybe are, are all bets off? I don't know. It's such an interest. It's such an interesting thing. But anyway, um, essentially throughout the book, Michael is basically always trying to do just enough not to get caught. Um, like for example, during the book book burning, he obviously doesn't want to burn the books, but he takes part in it, and he actually takes part in it, and he sees a kid who isn't, and they know, and he knows that. If the kid doesn't participate, he's going to get killed. So he even goes as far as making sure that he does that. And he actually forces the kid to do it so he doesn't get killed. And this kid's name's Fritz. Um, and Fritz Fritz is a really interesting character. He's like kind of like the dweeby kid that everyone bullies on and small and, you know, kind of impish. And he's the one... Um, he has a really interesting kind of transition throughout the book and probably a very uh, probably a very realistic portrayal of a, of a, a Nazi youth kind of being corrupted and being brainwashed by um, by the whole system. Um, it was really eye-opening. I didn't really understand or, or or know this much about about the the German army um but as you know as the Nazis were kind of getting pushed back and the Germans were starting to lose World War II um they were they were running out of men so they were actually recruiting a lot of these Hitler youth and sending a lot of kids to the front lines I think they said at one point in the book the youngest uh German German troop that they ever caught uh was eight years old and then you know 13 seven like eight to 17 essentially they're sending these kids out there i think there was an entire tank division that was run by by a hitler by hitler youth and again it was just because they're running out of men they had to start sending these kids out there um and like i said it was really eye-opening to learn that how much the nazi army would use uh use the the hitler youth to do certain tasks um in the book they there's um a, a royal air force airplane coming in that's doing some reconnaissance and it actually gets shot down and they send the hitler youth out to go and try and find the find the pilot and obviously uh michael wants to find the pilot first um because he can help him he can save him he can do whatever um and he desperately doesn't want the other Nazi youth to find him. So luckily, Michael Michael finds um, finds the pilot. Uh, the pilot's an English pilot, and Michael 
introduced himself, and obviously he's Irish, and at the time the Irish and the English, well, I'm sure to this day they still don't get along, but the Irish and the English definitely didn't get along, so it's really funny in the book. They kind of chirp each other throughout throughout the book. It's it's pretty cute. Um, uh, the pilot's name is Simon, Simon Cohen. He's actually a Jewish kid, and... Um, he tells Mike about a new jet fighter that the Nazis were building, and that's why he was actually coming in to take photographs of this plane. And because Michael actually ended up helping Fritz with the book burning, um, they start hanging out. You know, Fritz really globs on to Michael, and they, and they start doing their thing. And completely serendipitously, um, Michael learns that Fritz's dad is actually d- the designer of this new pr- this new plane, um, Project 1065, and it's a new jet plane, a uh, new jet fighter that uh, that may may turn the tides of war. And this is a real project that happened. Um, whether the Germans got it up in the air, I'm not sure, but this was a real plan, and and it got out. I don't know if it actually had to do with this with this kid. But um, again, based on based on reality, uh, the cool thing in the book is Michael O'Shaughnessy actually has a photographic memory, and uh, he memorizes all the designs of the plane uh, with Simon's help to uh, eventually get it back to London. There's a whole plan to sneak Simon back out and get him across uh, the border and all that stuff. Fritz. Um, our buddy Fritz joins the SRD, which is like a hardcore version of the of the Hitler Youth, and he starts to slowly. You can start to see things kind of really devolve. Um, there's these attacks on the Edelweiss pirates. These Edelweiss pirates uh, were were real. They're basically a resistance group, uh, kind of the anti-Hitler Youth, if you will. Um, and Whilst on the SRD, Fritz actually gets recruited to join a secret squad with plans to assassinate a high-ranking German scientist. So it's actually funny. Um, if you haven't already, go back and listen to the Operation Pod, uh, Paperclip podcast because this is the, the two things kind of cross over. And um, they're trying to get the Hitler Youth to go and kill this German scientist who is also being recruited by the Americans for Operation Paperclip. Um, at this point, before um, before the secret mission gets carried out, the Nazis decide to start putting all the 13-year-old Hitler Youth on the AA guns. So that includes Michael. So now he's out on AA guns actually shooting at um, RAF planes and allied allied planes and eventually almost gets caught and he's trying to figure out what's he going to possibly do to actually get these plans out um and and essentially he needs to get onto this onto this secret mission because no one knows about this except him and there's not enough time to get the information to London to say hey they're you know they're trying to assassinate this scientist so essentially the only way to do it and simon and him talk about it the only way is that he that michael himself has to get onto this secret squad this this assassination squad to go in and kill the scientist and he's the only way that he's the only person that's going to be able to stop it he's going to have to stop it from the inside and 
the only way he figures out how to actually get on the squad is by turning Simon in and saying, hey, look, I found uh, an RAF pilot. He's a spy. He's also a Jew, you know, and all of a sudden this gets him in uh, onto onto this secret team. And uh, they actually travel to Switzerland and Fritz and Fritz, who is the leader now of this assassination squad, um, him and him and Michael have a fight on a gondola in Switzerland. Basically, you know, Michael's trying to defend this scientist and uh, save the day and overcomes his fear of heights and, and ends up ends up killing Fritz in the process. Uh, well, he, Fritz gets hit by an avalanche, but he falls off the gondola so, sadly. Um, but again, it's an interesting it's an interesting de-evolution for Fritz. Again, you see him as the bullied as the bullied kid, and again, the Nazi youth is kind of an interesting perspective of the entire Nazi party in general. And you know, at one at one time in the book. Hitler himself is actually a character in the book, and it's cool because the the author says in the epilogue he kind of says um, all the quotes that Hitler said he didn't come up with he just took them straight from from actual quotes of Hitler because he said he didn't want to put any words in in Hitler's mouth. But I thought that that was a really interesting thing, and and it they touch on the book like Hitler didn't really. Adolf Hitler himself didn't really embody the Aryan ideal, you know, the the tall, blonde, blue-eyed, you know, perfect, perfect Ubermensch. And it was always strange in that way that the Nazi party almost seemed to be this bullied kid in a way, you know, the, the kid that got shoved into the locker all of a sudden, given this immense power and able to you know, inflict the same damage. Ah, it's very strange. I mean, again, that's the whole idea that Hitler really, really wanted to to bring to get Germany out there again, and and um, you know, kind of how do you say this? Win back or or you know, get get some honor back from what happened to them with the Treaty of Versailles and how much they got taken away after World War One. So there's always that kind of flavor of this kind of, you know, chip on the shoulder, you know, kind of small dog with a big loud bark. And it's really interesting because, that, again, that's what you see with Fritz too, right? You see him as the bullied kid and you see him kind of slowly devolve into this somewhat of a monster who's who's now leading this this assassination squad to go kill a scientist who's trying to come up with plans for the atomic bomb but how much in the book you see how much he, he gets um brainwashed and changed and it's 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 an interesting thing and it really made me think of you know say what you will uh about jordan peterson the person but one of the, one of the most interesting thing interesting things I think that he's ever brought up brought up is um, you know we always think oh how I, I could never you know become uh, you know part of the Nazi party they'd have to they'd have to force me they'd have to do this I I feel like I would stand up I feel like I would do this 
it's interesting how really close we are to evil and there's not that many steps in between where we are now and and where those people are right you know even even in the book you know michael o'shaughnessy himself does heinous shit because he's just he has to do it to fit in and he knows that you know he turns in fucking simon because he knows that if one life you know one life sacrifice might might save millions or thousands is that worth it you know it's a, it's a tough thing to weigh especially when you're 13 years old but um that that whole idea that even though it's honorable you're still doing something heinous even though you're saving others you're still committing murder killing someone something's happening stab you know whatever it might be and you know the the whole story that peterson talks about is that you know the 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 police so it was the local town police that were actually responsible for rounding up the jewish people in in uh, poland and um and in germany and many of the countries where they were czechoslovakia and such where they were actually rounding up jewish people and sending them to the camps they put the they put that tasks on the local police people because you know they didn't have enough soldiers to throw around and that's the way they did it um and basically the way that it was presented is that the chief, you know, whatever, the sergeant would present this and say, listen, guys, this is what we have to do. This is what the government is telling us, this is what Hitler's telling us. We have to round up all the Jewish people and you know what we're doing. We're sending them to camps. They knew everything was going on. This wasn't this wasn't like, oh, we're just rounding them up and, and sending them to a ghetto. No, they knew exactly what was going on. Sarge or whatever goes, listen, guys, you can do this. You don't have to do this at all. This isn't mandatory. We're not going to hold it against you. This is obviously terrible. I'm sure you're going to know a lot of these people. So you don't have to do this. But if you don't, the next guy is going to have to do this. And the next guy on the shift and your buddy on the shift and what whoever. So a lot of the people that did end up doing it, they knew if they didn't do it, someone else was going to have to do it. So there's this weird kind of twisted honor involved in it, right? And it's this, it's always this interesting thought of, again, we're not that far away from evil. We might think it's these big, huge bounding steps and these big, huge, you know, terrible deeds that slowly wear away at your soul and eventually you become evil. And, you know, we've seen it in movies and, you know, the music changes to a minor key and things get darker and, you know, you see that switch, but it's gradual and there's little decisions along the way. And the next thing you know, you find yourself doing something that you never thought you'd ever do. And again, the perspective from, you know, a, a child, a child's perspective again is, was, was, is, is always fascinating. And, and, and this book kind of really takes that in and it talks about, you know, the, the the Nazi ideal and the way that they taught the Hitler youth was, you know, you can become these gods, you can become god men, and what you can do, you can learn, you know, that you're a superior in all these things. And what they actually did is created these boy men, where it was these little little boys, but their minds were aged by war, and they were changed, and they were they were older in the in their own minds, but not necessarily any smarter brainwashed to to do whatever it took 
you know, to, to die for Hitler. And it's a strange thing to to use children like that. The way things are and the way we think that we are are very different. And I think that circumstances really change things. And when we're met with these wild circumstances, like it's hard to put ourselves in these shoes, right? Like who knows what would happen when there's this, this idea of this total war. I mean, I guess we lived in, in a in a kind of pandemic, a war against COVID, but again, something that there's this true evil that you're fighting against. And, you know, when, when the allies were fighting the Nazis, you know, there was this whole idea that if they lost, Hitler was going to take over the world and things as, as they knew it were going to be drastically different. One of the coolest things in the book is kind of this undertone um, because Michael loves mystery novels and those are the novels that are being burnt by, you know, um, by the Hitler youth and, and all these Nazis because they believe that, you know, there shouldn't be any art or philosophy. Um, they, they say Nazis think with their blood, which doesn't even fucking make sense. But again, the this really cool thing where it was like, ooh, clandestine, you know, keep the book to yourself kind of thing. Um, I thought, I thought was really cool, but at one point, Simon, the, the British pilot is saying to, to Michael, listen, this is what this war is really about. It's about good and evil, but it's about protecting these books, about protecting this idea and letting people do what they want, having the freedom to read what they want, write what they want and express themselves. And that is where beauty lies. And you're actually fighting for beauty. And I thought that that was such an interesting thing. And again, that's all we can do is that we need to continue to allow people to have self-expression and to get out there and 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 feel free and not and not be, you know, held back. And yeah, there's going to be crazy shit and there's going to be extremes and people are going to say the wrong things and do the wrong things, but there's no reason to to try and create rules around things where where people are trying people are trying to create because there's not that many steps between good and evil thank you so much for listening again check out the audiobook read the book if if you got it i hope it's a movie someday project 1065 by alan get uh, alan gratz um wherever you're listening Please like the like the podcast. Give us a great review if you can. Five would be the best. Um, it, it does mean a lot for us in the old algorithmic uh, equations. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that notification. Subscribe to our channel. Hit the bell. Um, if you wanted to ever donate to the podcast, check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash TheBigMarkPod. Hit us up on our DMs, Twitter or Instagram at TheBigMarkPod at TheBigMarkPodcast. You know what it is. You know what to do. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all.